Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI Ball Podcast, powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, we are back for another week of the NAI F Ball podcast brought to you by our friends at AdCraft Custom Apparel and Merch, like you just heard on the ad read there. Tonight we have for you... Uh, the head coach of Reinhardt University, James Miller. Coach, how how are you doing tonight? Did you get cold enough over Christmas? It was freezing. It was terrible. Terrible. It was. It was, uh, it was probably, I think, Christmas Day. It was six degrees. Oh dear Lord in heaven! Yeah, so we were we were I've in the had a one year old, a three year old, uh, and a seven year old uh, with my father in law and mother in law. Actually, no, my parents uh, stuck in a house uh, for two straight days. So today was finally the first day we've been able to get outside and real. and enjoy the outdoors a little bit. Holy cow. Yeah, um, we, we dipped into the, the uh, we were in like the, the 17 to 19 degree range on Christmas Day. And, you know, for us down here in North Florida, that's um, oof. cold. That is, that is dang cold. Well, Coach, we've got a we do have an absolute ton to talk about. We had a uh, we had a fun season last year, breaking in a new offensive coordinator. T- talk to me about developing a different offense. It looked like it it took maybe a couple ca- a couple games to really um, get going with that new look. Yeah, I thought our first game we played well against Faulkner. And then we had some growing pains the next couple weeks. Um, obviously, we played a really good team in Bethel. That was really good on defense. Um, but but we definitely had some growing pains. And I don't feel like we really hit our stride till game five. Um, you know, because we've completely changed what we've done. Uh, we went from being a wing tee, uh, no huddle, go as fast as you can, to, I would say, a multiple. Um a lot probably like the 49ers or some something of that nature. Um, we can be in double tight ends. We could be in four wides. Um, definitely going to throw the ball a little bit more. But we, we hit our stride probably game five, started playing pretty good, and then went into the playoffs, played a really good, uh, I think one of the best defenses in the country in Lindsey Wilson. Um, started off really slow and then, and then had the ability to make some plays at the end, but came up short. One team I do want to, to point out, um, is, is actually point. And, uh, what, what, what is up with, with points development? Cause, uh, they put on a, a show that I don't think I've seen from them since we've been covering this and possibly, one of the best teams they've had since they went to the playoffs a few, uh, quite a few years ago. Yeah, I think Coach Ziders has done a great job. 
Um, they were very good on defense. They had one of the best linebackers we played all season. Number six, Aaron Anderson. I think he was six. Uh, he was a really, really, really good football player. Um, and they kept getting better as the year year went on. Uh, the first time we played them was a really, really tough game. Uh, kind of back and forth in the first half. We couldn't get anything going offensively. And then uh, made some plays in the second half to kind of pull it out. But he's he's done a really good job kind of turning them around in a short period of time. Uh, you know, he's done a great job with that defense. Uh, I think they've had three All-Americans three years in a row now on defense. Um, and it's a testament to the kids and the, and the coaches and the way they go about it. And he's been uh, out there recruiting um, very, very aggressively. Um, so you see him all throughout uh, the state of Georgia offering kids and, and being aggressive recruiting. Um, so he's, he's done a phenomenal job getting, getting that program turned around and, and headed back in the right direction. Let's talk about that Lindsey Wilson game real quick. You're, you're down 23 to nothing at the, uh, at the seven Oh four mark in the, in the fourth quarter, you just get pick sixth. What clicks? Because from that point on, it is y'all take the momentum back in fast. What what happened there on the sidelines there to, to get that going? You know, the whole going into that game, we told the, we told the kids just keep playing the next play. Don't worry about what happens, whether it's a good play, it's a 30-yard gain, or whether it's a, a sack. Don't, don't worry about what happens. Just play the next play. And our kids bought into it. Um, I don't know what really clicked. Um, you know, we got the score really quick after they scored the the uh, the pick six. We, we got a quick touchdown. And then we went for the onside, which uh, we saw at halftime as a staff that we had the potential to do to do the middle dribble. And, and we ended up getting it, and we scored again in six plays. So, I mean, very quickly it turned into a one-possession game. We had all our timeouts, um, so we were able to kick off instead of having to go for onside again. And we, we eventually got the three and out, um, had to use all the timeouts, and then our kids put a great two-minute drive together, scored a touchdown, and – Went for kick the extra point. They had too many men on the field. And we went for two and didn't get it. And it was unfortunate. It was a great game. Uh, I text Coach Keckler after the game and just told him, you know, it was one of the best games I've ever been a part of because I thought both teams were just absolutely going at each other. Um, and they got a really good squad. Uh, their defense is, I think, besides 2019 Marion. That's the best defense I've played. Wow! Uh, since I've been in NAI, and uh, their their linebacker Bowman is as good as I've seen. They had a kid that I thought was uh, right there with Bowman, number forty. Helic, I think is how you pronounce. I might be saying that wrong, um, but he's as he's as good a player as I've seen. Uh, as well, um, and he's the underclassman. I mean, he's very, very good player. 
and I know they they wish they had him out there that day. Um, but they they just got a really good defense. Uh, they did some really good stuff in the run game on offense, um, and and we made some mistakes in the first half. Um, we could have had a couple plays that we left out there because, well, we got inside the 20 and our running back fumbled the football, and then we had an explosive play where our quarterback ran for 20 yards, but really our running back went the wrong way or else I think it could have been a bigger play. Um, so, but to take nothing away from them, I don't want to take anything away from them because they, they're, they're a phenomenal football program. And Coach Clucker's done a phenomenal job of that defense. So um, they were really good. I know it's it's kind of the the common common knowledge, at least among fans, that you always go for the win on the road and the tie at home. Do you do you regret not not kicking the the extra point the second time and tying it up? No, I don't regret it at all. Our kids wanted to do it; they were screaming for it on the sideline. And uh, I wanted to do it. I felt like we had the momentum. Um, we had some guys banged up. And not that I probably even thought about that during the game. But, um, you know, looking back at it, I think it was the right decision. I mean, if not for the holding call, I mean, you know, you're, you're, right, you're right there in it, um, there on, on that um, two-point conversion. No, we were doing a, a live watch-along. Uh, and in the last two games of the day were um, – Lindsey Wilson Reinhardt and Bethel and, and Kaiser. And, oh boy. Oh, I know, man. Just absolutely. I, I, at, at, you know, points said out loud, Oh, Kaiser's dead. There's no way they're coming back from this one. Boy, was I wrong there. Um, and, and I, you know, honestly thought, thought Ryan, y'all were dead as, as well down 23, nothing. I'm going, Oh man, they're just not getting anything together today. Run games not coming together. And then, explosive play happens and it's off to the races and that's really all it takes man it takes one play to kind of get the momentum back and then if you can turn one play into two plays two plays into four play you know so on and so on you can regain the momentum and i felt like our kids did that and they believed in what we were doing the entire time and they just kept playing kept playing and kept playing and kept playing and it's probably in my I don't know, eight years, seven years being the head coach, probably the proudest of any football team I've ever been associated with because a lot of teams would have gave up and our kids never gave up. Well, Coach, you are entering your, your seventh season, if I can do math correctly, as the head coach yes. of Reinhardt. Um, it's actually going to be your 10th with Reinhardt, I believe, if I if I do the math correctly on that one as well. Um, you You do... Uh, return a, a lot of, of starters, especially the running back positions uh, between uh, Lewis Morris and Tyrus McKee. Unfortunately, you do lose Hunter Arters, your signal caller, who, who came on so strong at the end of the year, and, and Devin Collins, uh, a 1,000-yard rusher for you, as, as well as Kamana Stockdale, who was a first-team All-AAC tight end. Talk to me about continuing to develop in the offense and getting better in, in year two with more familiarity with, with that, your terminology and, and your playbook? Um, all those guys are big losses. Um, Arters was a gym rat. 
first guy in the building, last guy to leave. Um, I know that's a cliche, but that's who he was. Uh, he would get there every day because he was in grad schools and all of it was online. So he'd get there every day at 10 and wouldn't leave till probably 7 p.m. that night. Um, he was just a phenomenal guy, phenomenal competitor, um, wanted to do right by everybody. Just that kind of kid. Devin was a hard-nosed, old-school downhill running back. Um, Camonte was a grad transfer that we got from uh, Fayetteville State. That was a great transfer, um, you know, and that can go, you know, one or two ways, usually either good or bad, and he was great. Um, phenomenal kid. And then, uh, you know, probably – some of our bigger losses are going to be up front. You know, we lost our left tackle, who's a two-time All-American, four-time All-Conference, and our starting center, who was an old-school leader, a guy that would, uh, you know, tell you tell you what he thought and didn't really give, give it what you thought, to be honest with you. Uh, so he was an old-school type leader. Um but that's what makes coaching fun. That's what makes it a challenge is to see who's going to be that next kind of those next guys that are going to step up and, and, and take advantage of opportunities. And I feel like we have some really good football players coming back up front on offense. We have some really explosive guys um, coming back at Ty McKee and, and Ja Colbert, and we got a we got some some quarterbacks that are going to be in the mix. Uh, a transfer from Bavard, a kid named Ethan Rice, a kid named Stephen Craig, are all going to be in the mix for that starting quarterback job. Um, so it's it's going to be exciting to see who's who's going to step up to the challenge, who's going to take the leadership roles. Uh, you know, that's why we make our off season as hard as we possibly can to, to help, uh, kind of see who those guys are and who's, who's going to be at the forefront of what we're trying to do, uh, next season. Because one thing that is going to be good is we're going to be ingrained in our offense now for a full year with, with coach Poe calling the plays and, that's going to make everything from the transition from just familiarity all those type things a little bit easier. Now, on defense, you do have a lot coming back, especially in your secondary between Kellen Neal, Tyler Hallam, and Kevion Whitlock there. Um, I, I see in the stat line that Tyler Hallam has 16 pass breakups and only one interception. My man's got to get a little bit of work in with the, with the wide receivers there. Uh, <laughs> he could have a, a whale of a year coming. He's a very, very talented football player. Um, you know, uh, I think when I put all conference this year, you know, you can write comments in there and I wrote our, he's our best player overall. Um, and I mean that, uh, he's a great kid. Um, just comes from a great family. He does a, does a great job. Never complains. shows up every day, does what we ask. Um, he's got a chance to be very special. Very, very special. Um, Whitlock is a leader, very physical. Um, and then we return a lot up front. Uh, I think we got the three, the main three guys that played a lot last year back up front. 
and, and uh, so that's going to add some depth. And then there's a couple freshmen that redshirted this year or played a little bit that I feel like can uh, can get into the mix and are going to have a great shot this spring. So it's it, you know, Coach Blue, you know, we gotta we gotta find two linebackers um, that we feel like can can help us. Um, which we feel like we have a couple guys in the program that can do that with, uh, with Orlando Gandy and, and Kendra Hawkins, who are older guys that have some experience. Um, so again, he, he's, he's going to have his hands full coach blue, getting this thing all, all together and organized how he wants it. But coach blue and coach Jackson and coach Matthews and coach peoples, I'm extremely blessed. I deal with offense only. I don't really mess with those guys a whole lot. They kind of handle themselves. Uh, Coach Blue's the leader, and, and then the rest of the guys fall fall right behind them, and, and they do a great job. And I'm, I'm just blessed to have those guys on my staff. So I'm going to give you a magic wand here, and I'm going to let you make whatever changes you want. Decide how teams make the playoffs. You know, obviously we, we saw this year that, you know, there's there's a little weirdness sometimes in the in the seating and, and all that stuff. How would what what changes would, would you make with your with a perfect playoff for you? I don't know. I mean it's so hard to judge. I, I don't wanna be in those guys' shoes and I'm probably <laughs> copping out saying it, but I do feel like St. Thomas should have made it. I feel like their resume was good enough for them to make it. Um, I feel like that league down there is really, really good. The Sun Conference. Um, We're playing Southeastern early in the year, uh, which is going to be a really tough game for us. Um, So I I feel like that league is very strong, though. and I feel like their their out of conference resume was really good. Um, I think you know maybe adding some teams to that large bid, maybe making the group a little bit larger would help things um, if that's feasible within everything that we're doing. Um, because what we're doing right now, as far as when we made the transition to having to buy in to be in the playoffs. You know, if you've played a certain number of years in the playoffs, you got to pay a certain amount every year and it transitions for every team uh, to create, you know, teams that got to travel, you get reimbursed. And I feel like that's really helped us. Um, so I think, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, is I, li- I, <coughs> I like the model we have right now. I feel like it's a really good model. I feel like the only thing that really could maybe help it is maybe adding some teams and having the ability to maybe broaden us out a little bit more, maybe a first round buy. And then, you know, you get some, maybe four more at large bids, um, which if you had four more at large bids, you got four more really good teams adding to the pool. Um, Being one being St. Thomas, Um, And I know I'm leaving other really good teams out. Um, But uh, I think that that would probably be my my thing that would that I would change. But 
I think, you know, those guys that got to make those decisions on who's in and who's out, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And as much as, you know, it upset uh, St. Thomas and their head football coach and, and their administration, it's, it's hard on those guys to make those decisions because you're going to make somebody pissed off. Oh yeah. Uh, whether you like it or not. So, um, I think, cause I, I, I like what we do at our level where winning your conference means something and it's important. Uh, I think that's a positive, um, because now it, it, it's important to the kids and then it's important to getting into the show. You got to win your conference. So I, I really like that as well. Um, so that's, that's kind of my two cents. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about it, the, the teams, the other teams this year that you would have um, been able to bring in uh, just off the top of my head would have been St. Thomas, um, Bethel of Kansas, Georgetown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bethel of Kansas had a great year. Uh, Georgetown had a fantastic year once they once they found the the quarterback that they wanted. Um, yeah. Dagum Chris, you're not going to keep Chris Oliver out of the playoffs for long. I can tell you that straight. Um, no, he's a very good football coach. So, so yeah, that, I agree. I, I, I mean, think that's a that's a really good conference too. I mean, you got the Mid South. You got you got some really good football teams in that conference, and he's one game away from probably getting in. So let's let's talk about it. You you've mentioned the sun already. You know, uh, this year we we broke up the the Mid South Conference into into three. Went kind of back to the old school way of of doing it there with the Mid South being your Kentucky teams plus you know redheaded stepchild Faulkner, um, <laughs> um, and, and the Sun Conference and the AAC. Um, and I know it's 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 hard with the teams that you've got in the AAC, and the Sun Sun has the exact same issue because you you don't have enough teams to play just everybody. Um, you you got to do some doubling up or 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 do like Kaiser and take fifteen uh, whippings out there to big programs. Um, talk to me about developing a new conference sport and the unique challenges in trying to find those opponents and trying to uh, break into that, that water again with the AAC. I think in the end, it ended up helping everybody a little bit, maybe except for the Florida schools. It's just the travel when we were a mega conference was just, it had kind of gotten astronomical at times. Maybe not for us as much, but I know for like Georgetown to go to Ava Maria is, I mean, that's, that's expensive. That is, that's a long, probably not something they want to do once a year. So, cause that's, you know, that's kind of like a, a late playoff trip. Um, so, and it can just, it can really strap a program when you have to do that once or multiple times in a year. I know I think Point had to do it two or three times one year, go to Florida, um, which makes it hard. So I think splitting up, in my opinion, was probably the best for everybody. Now it makes it really hard on the Florida schools to find games like you saw in Kaiser. 
Uh, I think that was part of the reason they had to play some of the out-of-conference teams they had to. But I think it ended up probably helping them in the playoffs, you know, prepare for for what was coming down the road. Um, so I think I think that's part of the challenge. Um, now, we were fortunate enough to make a conference alignment or an out-of-conference alignment to schedule games which, I, you know, I'm not sure what the future of that is, but for the last two years, it's given us our four out-of-conference games, which makes it easier on me because I don't have to go hunt for games. And then we added in, uh, we added in uh, Southeastern this year, so that kind of, I guess, kind of helped them out as far as travel and stuff. But I think, I th- in my opinion... It was for the best of everybody to to kind of split off and and separate the mega conference because I just I just think the travel it, it just kind of got out of whack and and you really couldn't afford it. So in the end, I think it was for the best. People don't realize but, how big the South is, and and especially oh. how big Florida is. I mean, for point getting to North Florida is three, three and a half hours, but to get all the way down the state, that's yeah. that's like going three states over for some of these. Yeah, I want to say for us to go to Ava was like nine or ten. So it's a that's a long trip. I mean it's it's so five. imagine Georgetown. Yeah. Georgetown's six from us. Yeah, I, I know for me to get to Atlanta from here. In North Florida is about five hours, so I can I can see it being about nine or ten to Ave. That's 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 just absurd. the The only one I feel bad for is is Faulkner. I'm like going, guys, you gonna you gonna be close to some folks here? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so but you know Faulkner's gonna do what Faulkner's gonna do. Um, so, Coach, if, we, we, we both know if you're not constantly improving and trying to get better with your, with your program, you're, you're falling behind. We are, we are definitely on a, um, a treadmill in that regard in college football. What area of, of your team, whether on the field or, or off the field, are you looking forward to improving the most in 2023? I don't know anymore if you can just say you're looking in one area. I think we want to provide our football team, our players, as much competition as possible because I think competition makes everybody better. Um, I don't want a kid to ever feel comfortable. So we are going to try – as hard as we can to find the best football players we can at every position, uh, regardless of the year or who we feel have, we have coming back. Um, we always want to try to provide competition for those areas because again, I feel like it makes the guys that we have better. Um, it makes them want to prove us wrong. I think is a positive. Um, I feel like, but if I was to look at our football team, um, 
we got to find leadership up front on offense. I think that's going to be very, very important for us to be successful. Um, obviously, we got to figure out what we got going on at quarterback, um, which I think is vital because that's the most important position on every football team. Um, defensively, we got to figure out linebacker. We got to figure out who's our guy, guys, and put them in position to be successful. Um, and then add some depth in the secondary. I feel like we have some really good players in all those spots that I just mentioned that I feel like we feel like they can step up and earn those spots. Um, but I, I, I would go back and say I think new leadership on each side of the ball is going to be crucial. Um, it's crucial every year. It's what makes or breaks a football team. Um, and it's, it's vital to, to how you perform because, you know, in the end, I'm not out there on the field. Our kids are, and what they say goes a lot farther than what I say sometimes. And when you have that kind of leadership where kids will talk and kids will respond to what other kids say, uh, that's when you're going to have something special. And that's what we try to strive for at Reinhardt. And so that's going to be probably the most crucial aspect. I think we got talent. I think we got good football players. I think we got good football players that can fill every hole I just mentioned. Um, and we're going to recruit guys to help fill those holes or, or, you know, continue to develop. Um, so uh, I think I think uh, all of it is important, and all of it is 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 crucial to us being a good football team and us continuing to be a good program. Uh, you know, I tell people all the time. I feel like every year it gets harder uh, to continue to try to be successful. Um, you know, you just you know, your people are trying to do their best to to knock you off, which is a good thing. That's where you want to be. That means we're doing something right. Um, but it just every year it gets harder and harder. But that's why I love the challenge, and that's why I coach um, to try to get our kids to to understand that and pull it out of them. So it's what makes it fun. Absolutely, and we are looking forward to seeing what y'all have and what the rest of, of the AAC has to offer here. Coming up, it seems an eternity away now, but I know it's, it's you know, I'm going to blink, and I'm going to be doing conference previews and getting ready for the season again. So, you know, it's, it, uh, you know, we're just excited for it to, to, become spring and see spring football and all that fun stuff and to eventually get back to thudding again. So coach, thanks for coming on tonight and uh, look forward to seeing what y'all have to, to offer come fall. Hey, I, I appreciate everything you guys do. Like always, you guys are, you, you guys really put a spotlight on NAI and uh, it's, it's appreciated by, I think everybody that's involved with NAI um, NAI is really, really good football and sometimes gets a black eye 
for whatever reason, but it's it's first class football, first class coaches that do a great job, and I appreciate you guys covering it. Hey, one idea that I think you should do. All right, four games of a year, you guys should do an NAI roadshow. Ooh, that's it. The, look, our our goal. One of our one of our long term things we want to do is is to do a like college game day like program um, on on Saturday mornings live on location. But uh, I tell you, as as we see Southwest have some some fun fun issues right now, that air that airfare gets expensive, especially if if you want to no doubt if no if you want to get up to Montana. Well, you just let us know. We'll put you up. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, you know, you you know good and well that I'll that if I'm up there and and uh, y'all got a home game, that I'm going to be right in there for whatever home game y'all got. Hey, I, I really again, I really appreciate you guys. I'm blessed to coach at Reinhardt. Uh, blessed to work with the guys I work with. Very blessed to coach the players I coach. Uh, we got a great university, great great people. Great AD, great president, uh, Dr. Roberts, uh, Mr. Portier. So I can't, I can't just, uh, you know, thank everybody enough. You guys, everything you put into it, it's you guys are just phenomenal. Appreciate you. We appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.